What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship. My name is Dustin O'Hara and I'm here with my co-host and brother Devin. Hello. Uh, On this podcast, we talk about making YouTube videos, we talk about projects, we talk about making things, content creation, all sorts of stuff that has to do with making and building and being a craftsman and being an artist and also give you guys tips and tricks to help you start on your next first project. So Devin, what do you got for us today? He found himself wondering at times, especially in the autumn, about the wild lands and strange visions of mountains that he had never seen came into his dreams. Is this, uh, can you, uh, I want to try to guess where this came from. Is there like a clue? Might, might I get it or is it I think obscure? you can get it. It's not that obscure. Um, right. Is it? Think, is think it, of a, a person longing to leave and go somewhere. Hmm. Is it from like Chris McCandless into the wild or is it Thoreau and Walden? Uh, is it longing to go somewhere? older than into the wild, newer okay. than Thoreau? Uh, um, uh, is it from a book by Tom Brown? No, it's fiction. It, uh, fiction, huh? Um, hmm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the author is J.R.R. Tolkien. Ah, the book yes. is The Fellowship of the Ring. Now, I only nice. found the quote because um, I was looking up quotes for Fallen Autumn, but I, uh, I think it, it's you know it's either Bilbo or Frodo, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, you know, That's anyone good. who's listening knows, uh, <laughs> right? In yeah. they were like, the, I know it. What are you doing? <laughs> it's you Frodo, know. you idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I don't I, know. Uh, I was I was looking up quotes on uh, Autumn and Fall, and they're all. Pretty super corny. 
Right. <laughs> like the air is crisp as an apple and I've got my snuggy sweater on. Like, hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, hey, ooh. But, um, you know, uh, Tolkien's always good. And yeah. uh, I, I just liked, there's a weird feeling that I get during the fall. Um, mm. It's it's the change. And it in Maryland, it, it hits pretty hard, right? I guess fall is really a, east coast united states thing uh obviously it's everywhere but it hits hard here yeah. farther south you go obviously it doesn't hit as hard and then the northeast and then you go out west it's a little different up there too but um right it's like <clears throat> a, a huge change and it you, usually it comes out of nowhere um it did this year i felt like i felt like this week yeah it just went one day it was like 80 90 degrees and the next day the winds blew and the cold yeah. air came, and the, and the leaves started to turn, and your yeah. eyes became glazed over, and ah, <laughs> adventures of the outdoors ah. in autumn. I love strange I love visions of mountains, yeah. <laughs> and it's great because uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, uh, or a portion of a quote is, "Not all who wander are lost." I love that. Yeah. I have it like stenciled on the on the side of my backpack for backpacking, and right. it's just such a great. You know, it's such a, it's so, it just epitomizes what I love about being in the woods and mm. backpacking and moving. It's like, I'm going to wander around and enjoy nature because I like to wander, not because I'm lost. Right. And that, that comes from Tolkien. That's about the, the poem about Aragorn. You know, mm -hmm. It's like, he's definitely, you know, you know, he was definitely a naturalist or like an ex, 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 oh man. Existentialist. Existentialist <laughs> at heart. Tolkien was. Because <laughs> he, uh. <laughs> A lot of yeah, he had a lot of stuff that was all obviously like his his heroes, his his uh, um, you know the main characters in his in his film were all about nature and the love of nature and you know all the hobbits. Yeah, That's but they're all uh, about yeah, but the, the feeling of change, uh, new new things. Even though it's not new life, it's not like a spring thing, but it's a big change, a temperature change. Everything looks different. Everything feels different. Mm -hmm. uh, the sun's going down at like. It's going down right, you know, 530. Oh, that's a killer. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, there's. it's like a cleansing. It's the beginning of a yeah. cleansing. You know, it's like and things are cold. You start to get that fresh air. You start to get your jackets out and stuff. And <laughs> sweater weather. A few more fires in the evenings. Yeah. And, and yeah. For, for fellas like us, bigger guys, it's always nice yeah. to have some cool weather. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's perfect. It's like 63 out. Caitlin's got a, my wife has a sweater on and a <laughs> long pants. I'm still in shorts and t shirt. I know, yeah. I've been oh, sweating my ass off all summer long. <laughs> ah, I can go outside and just walk around without sweating. This is great. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, we have the uh, humidity here in Maryland, too. So, we have to deal with that. But, yeah, it's so nice. Yeah, humidity is down. The mosquitoes are gone. Oh, it is, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Out. And I, I, so, I was thinking about that. Um, and as I was looking through quotes today, my wife looked over my shoulder and she said, are you going to use that one? She said, that's the one every basic bitch uses on Instagram. <laughs> and it's it's not the it's not the toking one. It's the um, Anne of Green Gables one. I'm so glad I live in a world where there are Octobers. <laughs> every basic bitch. She said, yeah, you're going to use that one? That's every Instagram basic bitch quote. I was like, yeah, I can't use it now. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to use that one. No way. Oh, that's stupid. That, was, that right. was the one I had up to make sure I didn't um, use. <laughs> Am stupid. I a basic bitch? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not oh, that there's man. anything wrong with Anna Green Gables. It's a good, oh, good course. book series, yeah. but um, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Not as good as The Lord of the Rings. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> so that's <laughs> not else. our quote today. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking I would um, do a list, or I did a short list of things I really do like. For one, my birthday's in October. So yeah. that was always, as a kid, for sure, um, I would I would always had something new in the fall, right? <laughs> I always had a, a new bike or a new thing or whatever. So that was always good. Um, yeah. There's like the best of sports. You have football starting back up. Yeah. And then you have um, the playoff Series, baseball, baseball, World yeah. Series, which is always fun. <laughs> Not that the Orioles are there much, but it's right, fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's still fun to watch. Yeah. One thing I'm really <laughs> missing this year is Renaissance Festival. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess for those who, who don't know, maybe they're not from this country or, you know, it's just uh, – a renaissance festival medieval kind of thing <laughs> where people get together and dress up and i guess each state in the in the u.s has different some of them have them, some don't yeah but they're usually big plots of land that they have cordoned off for for a certain time and for here and i think most it's around the late summer fall time right almost right. to winter yeah i would say almost like an october fest <clears throat> Right. Like an, it's like a yeah. nerdy Oktoberfest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's just yeah, they have a, jousting and yeah. There's you know, just as just and, as yeah. much drinking costume. Yeah. But right. more yeah. more costumey and um, it's great. Yeah, if you don't so want to, if you don't want to be full nerd and dress up and uh, it's just great people watching because yeah. you see all types of costumes and yeah, you get to drink ale and ciders and yeah. mead wine. <laughs> And you get to go, and the one in Maryland is, is really nice. They've have all these buildings and amphitheaters out out in this. Um, I don't know how many acres it is. It's it's got to be something probably like I don't know fifty, a hundred acres, maybe or more. Yeah, um, it, it takes all day to walk land. around. Yeah. So there's all types of great foods and yep. um, old school entertainment, acrobats, yeah. and people swallowing swords and like stuff you <laughs> never get to see. And is always entertaining, and um, so much fun. they don't they're not they don't have it this year at least in Maryland. Yeah, it's a, yeah we've been it's going what, for the past like probably four or five years. I mean, we've been going all our lives, but for the past four or five years, we've gone on your birthday or yeah, like right, as right a around, birthday thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right around your birthday. Like, let's go over Devin's birthday, and you're always we're always there with a bunch of your friends, and usually my wife and daughter and I will come, and you know our other brothers and stuff will all hang out and get dressed up and drink <laughs> some drink some good good drink and have a merry old time. Yeah, it is super fun. I mean, and that's the thing. There's so many people who are dressed up and they go all out, you know, and I have, I have like a kilt that I wear sometimes I have other, you know, and, and I wish, I wish we could like bring weapons and stuff. Cause I would just make it super cool. Obviously it must probably yeah, get last dangerous, year, but you know, last year you got in trouble for carrying around your bow or oh, having, right, exactly. having it yeah. strung up. Yeah. I had, yeah, I had one of my well, short bow that I made, which is actually, it was cracked. It's one that I, in the middle of a build, I broke it. Um, I just wrapped the crack with leather. So it looked cool and just wore it across my back. Yeah. Like the guy was like, uh, yeah, you carrying that in. I'm like, yeah, well I don't have any arrows or anything. It's just, just the bow. <laughs> Like okay, I had a bunch of people ask me about it. Like, Where'd you get that bow? That's so cool. <laughs> right now, it's just I a, a, a right. one one string harp. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bow. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I lo- yeah. I love the Renaissance Festival. It's a bummer, man. It's a bummer. There's a, so many cool things this year that we would normally do. My wife and I, we love going backpacking in the fall. Uh, because mm. especially like in late September, early October, when it's the bugs are down and it's cool in the evening and, and moderate during the day. So you can actually hike for a bunch of miles and not get overheated and, you know, kill you. But right. just that, you know, feels nice and crisp in the evening. You know, you have your different layers and yeah, I love, I love backpacking. That's one of the things we're not doing this year, but you know, it's and not necessarily because I, I just think there, with, with so many other weird things happening, there's so many, um, you know, trips that we didn't go on or, uh, we have, we kind of have our, what we, I guess the world's calling it your kind of quarantine bubble, the people that you hang out with all the time. And, right. and all those people that we hang out with all, we're all depending on each other to be, um, moderate in the, the additional people we hang out with. So that way we can continue our kind of right. quarantine bubble. So, um, so even yeah. if there are plans that could go forward, you kind of, we're kind of in the mode not to make yeah. plans. I think right. everyone is in across the world. Yeah. No one's really making plans. We're trying a little bit here and there. Um, yeah. We went to uh, Pumpkin Patch uh, mm-hmm. with, with my daughter and wife and her family. That was nice. Um, <laughs> and that's as socially, I mean, you, you, everyone tried. There was a lot of people there. Yeah, but everyone's but it's, outside. It's outside. We never really went in. You yeah. know, we took a hayride over to pumpkin patch and pick some stuff out and then nice came back and had some um it's a uh i guess it's boggers in westminster so it's uh okay uh, they're known for their apples yeah so they have like uh, a lot of apples so we had fresh cider from them nice. apple donuts and apple fritters Oh yeah, <laughs> oh baby, that was awesome. Yeah, we went we went apple picking. Same thing. So that's one of those those fall things that we love. You know, it's like apple picking and pumpkin picking. You know, all the things that you get to do. People go out and do it. We went up to a place right on the right in the Pennsylvania line. I forget what it was called, but um, same thing. We went apple picking, but they also had the pumpkin patch there. And yeah, that's 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 one of those fall things. That's, it's nice. It is nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was that was cool. Um, I wanted to pull up a. Uh, uh, oh, my other one was Halloween. That that comes. Everyone loves oh, Halloween, yeah. and it starts as oh. a kid. You just love Halloween. And the cool thing about living on the East Coast, kind of Northeast area, is every Halloween movie and horror movie set around that time. I guess it's either like in spooky England or it's in like the Northeast of the U.S. Because you always have mm-hmm. like the suburban streets with the leaves. Yep. And the wind blowing through that it's like that's every horror style movie. So it feels it always feels connected to us, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Um Yeah, so New that, England towns and stuff and yeah, exactly. All that type right. of yeah, northeast looking fall. Um, right. So that's always fun to watch stuff. Uh, I <laughs> guess we're gonna, I'm, you're going to have to watch Hocus Pocus, and that uh, Caitlin wants to watch that <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> that with uh, um, Bette Midler and yeah, <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Nice. I'm like, okay. There's all these movies that we had we never watched as as boys. 
Right. So yeah, all these exactly. like girly Halloween movies like about <laughs> witches. Like, okay, all right, I guess. It's kind of funny. It's a little well, weird. It's the witches. Doesn't that have like Christina Ricci and a couple of the, like that's that was no joke. Oh, the craft. That's what it was. Oh, well, that's yeah, different. Those, those hot chicks. <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> that one I watched. Oh, baby. <laughs> Probably yeah, a couple times. <laughs> Speaking um, of that, what do you think what do you think is your uh I'll say mine too, but what do you think is your like favorite Halloween movie or scary movie, I guess? Or, or vice um, versa. Put you on the spot. Yeah, Halloween movie. You know, I really liked uh, the the new movie was it. I really liked it. The new uh, version okay. of it. Yeah, you know Stephen King book. Um, that was great. I don't know if that was Halloween. Uh, I also got in the tradition of starting to watch uh, old um, Treehouse of Horrors episodes from The Simpsons, uh, but nice. the old ones because <laughs> yeah, it's so right. cool. Because each each year. Simpsons would have Treehouse of Horrors, and it would be like three <laughs> stories in mm-hmm. one thirty-minute span, and they're always funny and goofy, and they, you know they rip off <laughs> zombie films. Um, yeah, I like any any zombie films, any horror. Yeah. Uh, Jason, like actual the ho- Halloween movie, um, right, right. Those are all great. And uh, I'm trying to think of if there's one like Halloween one I feel I have to watch every year. Uh, what's what's yours? Um, well. I mean, yeah, there's so many different categories of scary movies, Halloween movies. One of the ones that I really like that's like a tradition is uh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. That's usually yeah, sure. on TV, you know, so you right. get that one. But um, but a, a newer kind of thriller movie that I thought was really good was, uh, uh, what's it called, 8mm? So yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and that actually was almost like a throwback to movies from our childhood from the eighties. It would, like felt yeah. like the Goonies or it felt like, you know, E.T. It like had that, right. had like the kids riding their bikes mm-hmm. <clears throat> on chases well, and that know. was the, that's the J.J. Abrams thing. Oh yeah. So, so he, he picks what he, um, this, it, he's, oh. he's almost the, um, Quentin Tarantino of like happy move or kid move you know <laughs> yeah, like he right. does them super well but he definitely i mean you can call it inspiration or ripping off but right. he picks things he loves and just plops them into his movies right yeah and i, I mean i love them both i love jj he does a great job but yeah he uses yeah. it's i think he taught it's like he, i think he said the ambient style which is I think Ambien is their production company, the Steven Spielberg production oh, company. Right. Yeah, yeah. The one isn't that where the the what's it, Elliot riding his bike across the moon? Mm-hmm. The, right. Yeah. Right. From ET. Right. So it's the I guess it's the Spielberg. Mm. Um, <laughs> let me see if I said that right. <laughs> You're like uh, Amblin. Amblin, not Ambien. That's a whole. <laughs> I was like, that's a drug <laughs> for sleeping. I believe yeah, that's a much sleepier production company. <laughs> I, I, that <laughs> Amblin, right? Ambien. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Zoloft I, yeah. style. Um, <laughs> you said Ambien. I was like, huh? And then when you said the moon, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you got yeah. You had the logo in mind. That was I. We were both seeing yeah. the same ET logo. Yep. Yeah, I knew what you were talking about. ET. Yeah, yeah all, all those style, but. Um, yeah, JJ, eight, eight millimeters, great. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that, that also. Go ahead. Co- can you say that? No, no. Go ahead. Finish. Finish your thought. Um, I was going to say one of a, a newer horror movie that I really like is Twenty Eight Days Later, and we may have talked about that in the zombie movies. I but think we did. Just, yeah. That that's such a good one. I love the I love the fast zombies. Like they're so much scarier, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's um, uh, you know. It took zombie movies into again, like kind of goes into what could possibly happen, right? So it's it's kind of like it's kind of more realistic, but and th- and there's an aspect of that that I think is scarier, but also 
um, maybe because it is, uh, it's, it's so much like realism, but we, you know, it's, it's not actually happening that it feels a little bit more separated. Um, right. When you, when you do, uh, you know, a, a, like a bones, you know, bones to the ground, um, zombie movie with slow walking zombies who are saying, you know, brains, <laughs> brains and stuff, you know, there's, there's something about that genre that is scary because of what it is. Right. So, you know, it, it feels more like it's, it's fake, but it's in its own thing. So you're waiting for yeah. things to happen in it, you know, like there's like, <laughs> yeah, there's kitschy and fun. Yeah. And, uh, um, Beetlejuice is a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the scene where they're all singing is classic. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, even though oh, that goes yeah. into Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, Edward Scissorhands Christmas was ET is Halloween. They actually like right, yeah, they during Halloween. Yeah, like, that's they, right. They play off ET as their little sister, Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Greta. <laughs> and then there's a, there's a Yoda in the background. ET tries to, to remember. Yeah, he's like, to, <laughs> he's like, ah, my friend. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna uh, recount ET for you today on the Reminisce. podcast. <laughs> and in the beginning, it starts as <laughs> it opens it with scary men with flashlights and a screeching uh, puppet running through the. <laughs> <laughs> you do the you do the you do the talk, and I'll do the sound effects as we go. Here we go. <laughs> I love like I love the Reese's pieces. You know, like follow Reese's, Reese's pieces through the woods. Ah, so good, <laughs> so good. And Drew Barrymore, so oh. cute. I always love Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, what was the oh, a Blair Witch? That's oh, I yeah. guess that's Halloween. And then there's um, a new one, The Witch. Have you seen that? I haven't, but I've heard oh, really good things. Really about creepy. It. It's kind of yeah. weird. It's gonna take a little an open mind, right? Yeah. But yeah. it really creeped me out. Like, yeah. it's a slow, definitely a slow burn one. So definitely get in a weird space and sit down, turn some lights <laughs> off, and just. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, sit with it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. What was it? Um. Yeah, Blair Witch. I really liked Blair Witch. There was a lot of people who didn't like it. Yeah. Um. I thought it was great. You know, oh, I love so the. I love the exactly because it had that such 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 realism. You know, as a mm. handheld. This is like people actually filming themselves. Didn't it, and didn't we it, talk about that? <laughs> did we talk about this with? I don't think so. I don't think we talked about Blair Witch. I think and and the cool thing back then when Blair Witch came out. The internet wasn't around, but not as much. So when you heard, mm-hmm. I heard that Blair Witch was was a found tape, right? And like someone had a copy of it. I think we we said the same thing about the ring or something, but it was one of the where you just didn't know. And I guess I was in middle school, so you believed it. Like yeah, some eighth graders like here's a tape of this found footage, and it made it so much scarier. Right. <laughs> yeah, that they actually like took these tapes that were found and made a film out of it, which is what it what it like you know what it called itself that's what it was supposed to be it was so good so well done like the fear was really good i think you know and i've gone back and watched it more recently and i still thought it was really good i love how they they they're all like excited and happy in the beginning and then they're kind of they're all going at each other and like fighting Mm -hmm. and arguing (laughs) and crying and uh some shots you don't see them and you're only seeing their feet it seems so natural it's like so well done and we actually because we live here in Maryland and if we if we go out, you know, west toward western Maryland, we actually pass through Blair, Maryland, which is where that was. Where they or, shot uh, Yeah. Or yeah, where the where the whole or, like or the, whole, yeah. the the whole um Blair Witch mythology behind the Blair Witch is yeah. there. So 
or I forget what it's called now. I don't think it's called player anymore, but, um, but yeah, it's, that's, it's so cool. That was a great one. I love that one. <laughs> All right. Movie reviews the, uh, with yeah, craftsmanship. Right. <laughs> I think as far as like scary movies goes, one of the movies that scare me the most, I think, or at least they used to were like alien movies where people are, are uh, abducted or oh, yeah, like, right. they come into their bedroom at night yeah. and then they're like paralyzed and they can't move and things are happening to them. That's yeah, those are, those shit are always, out of me. Those are Ooh. scary any time of the year. Yeah, what was that? Uh, um, a, a fire, fire in the sky. In the... Yeah, oh, man, that one. And I, you know, I saw that <laughs> later no on, and it was a little corny. Yeah, but and when I was ten, it was yeah. horrifying. <laughs> Um, the beam comes down and he takes the guy and he's all <laughs> yeah, freaked out right. and then he, they bring him back and he's like in the <sighs> kitchen screaming under the table oh yeah man Ooh, that one yeah that one got to me now <laughs> I was like, oh, i'm oh, gonna God. you know i'm gonna jump ahead and do my recommendations since we're talking about this stuff oh all right. early on um the haunting of hill house on netflix oh. and the uh uh the i guess it's a sequel but a lot they use the same actors uh, but it's a different haunting story, The Haunting of Bly Manor, which my wife and I are watching now, and it's really good. Nice. Really quality stuff um, and, and really spooky. Uh, nice. The Haunting of Hill House, yeah, it's it's a family, right? And it, it all takes like a, a place around this one house, and Bly Manor is the same type of thing. Um, so well done. Super scary. Yeah. But really interesting, too. And um, The Haunting of Hill House had one of the, best jump scares I've ever <laughs> that, that I've ever had and my wife and I both I think we both screamed and we, we you know I don't usually scream it but we both <laughs> jumped up and we so weren't ready for it so watch that that's so good on Netflix it's a perfect time of year one. and the, the Bly Manor we're not done we're only like three episodes in but really good quality stuff and there's this great thing that you guys you have to look out for it when you're watching these shows they constantly plant things in the background ah so if they and and sometimes you're not sure but you're constantly on edge kind of because you you're always seeing they'll kind of show you what one of the ghosts or one of the things look like yeah and then they'll put those shapes in the background sometimes mm. they move and it's so subtle that you'll be like did did you, I'll, I'll did you see that? She's like, what? I'm like, no, look, go back. And we roll back. You could see something in the corner oh. of like an in, insignificant scene. You know, they're just yeah. eating breakfast. But then you see something move and it's it's so good. It's like they're nice. constantly messing with you. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I, um, one of the, uh, a movie that I watched I would say that I felt the most like a bitch at when I screamed, <laughs> which is not too, too long ago. I'd say within the last 10 years or so was the movie Darkness Falls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Darkness Falls is about the tooth fairy. <laughs> Almost as scary as Hocus Pocus. Exactly. <laughs> but in Darkness Falls, there's in the town of Darkness Falls, there's the tooth fairy and, you know, she comes and when you lose your first tooth yeah. or whatever, if you see her, she, she'll haunt you and try to kill you. Something like that. Well, there's a scene in the beginning, I believe it is, where the boy, the main character, he's under his sheets, right? He's he's under, you know, it's at night. He's lost his first tooth. He, his first tooth. He knows the mythology of the tooth fairy, blah, blah, blah. He's under his sheets with a flashlight, uh, completely under sheet. It's at night. And he's hearing these noises <laughs> in his room. And he just slowly, slowly pulls the sheets down over his face 
so he can see. And you see this happening in the camera really slowly. As soon as his eyes come out, boom, right there in his face, right in front of you is the face of the, the like crazy witch tooth fairy thing. <laughs> Scared the shit out of I like closed my eyes and screamed uh, like yeah. a bitch. I, I, we're <laughs> in the theater and I just, went, ah! just jumped up and cl- <laughs> she, she covered his eyes. Like, oh, come on, man. Oh, man. I don't know. It just, that whole hey. thing, it just took me straight back. You know, I was a little kid in my room hiding <laughs> oh, under my sheets from wolves and stuff again. Man. I will. I think Dark, it's, it's kind of a corny movie. I've watched yeah. it since, but it is like the king of jump scares. Oh, yeah. So if you want a really good, I mean, they're depending on who you talk to, they're kind of cheap, but they're, yeah. I mean, if they do them right, like yeah. every everywhere in that movie that you don't want something to be, it is there. <laughs> Like the creepy thing will be there, and it's yeah, gonna right. jump scare. And it's gonna... there's like a scene in that movie where they're like driving in a car and they're going fast, and you're like, all right, cool, they're good. And they're going right. fast in the car, no big deal. The bitch just like flies in the back window and snatches somebody straight out of the car. <laughs> yeah. Boom! I'm like, oh god, <laughs> it's crazy. There's nowhere uh, safe. She's nuts. Darkness She'll get falls. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> jump scare one. Yeah, this that one scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well. Anyway, that's a <laughs> right. we're gonna do half the podcast of, of yeah, right, movies. That's okay. <laughs> There's a lot of good things to watch right now. Watch them all. Right. Yeah. Turn your TV up. Don't be on your cell phone with a low TV and watch these shows and mm-hmm. say they're not scary. You need everything. Right. You need yeah. Put yourself a little bit. Situation. Put your put your phone yeah. down and just get into it. Um, <laughs> and I uh, I was looking on Ranker for their top whatever. There were a lot of funny like BuzzFeed articles. Fall things. Um, The ranker list is number one: autumn leaves. Yeah, that's fair. So this is top twenty things. Yeah, yeah. And this is ranked by who? Ranker is just a website where they rank everything, and people just vote on it, upvote or downvote. Comfy clothes, crisp air, (laughs) the weather, cozy fire, hot chocolate, Halloween, which was in mine, cozy sweaters, which is kind of the same thing as cozy clothes. Thanksgiving, which I didn't actually, I forgot. That, that kind of ends. Yeah, it kind of ends fall, right? Yeah, right. Yep. That's a good one. That I put that on my list too. Everything seems more mysterious. I, I guess maybe that's kind of what Frodo was talking about. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Finding the perfect pumpkin, apple cider, fresh cider with warm donuts, which I did have. So yes, I there you go. Like pumpkin that. pie, fall fashion, Halloween candy. Beautiful nature trails. There's yours, Dust. Yep. Cinnamon candles, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, like, uh, what is that? Uh, pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> it's that time of year. And all right. Starbucks, hot pumpkin you know, spice, dunk, dunk everything. Donuts. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> Fall fruits and vegetables. Yeah. So that's pumpkins and right. gourds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> snuggling. I, that's, I guess that could be any time. Snuggling. <laughs> Carving pumpkins, rainy days, caramel apples, family time. The calm before the holiday season. Rainy days made the top twenty. Well, rainy well, rainy days is twenty two. I'm going to go to thirty. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, pumpkin the... spice lattes, which we were making fun of. That's twenty six. Trick or treating, <laughs> which is twenty seven. Yeah, it's got to be uh, twenty eight. Apple crumbles. So we're just talking about apple oh, yeah. desserts. Mm-hmm. Time to start fresh. That's true. Twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, New new school year. If you're in school, mm-hmm. fresh clothes. Um, Christmas is almost upon us. That's a cheap one. <laughs> that is a cheap one. You can't one. use another holiday in your holiday <laughs> Halloween holiday list. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, you know, let's go down to the bottom. Let's see what's on the bottom here. <laughs> okay, the last four are NBA. Yeah, no thanks. NHL. 
I guess. Election season, that, that no. doesn't excite me. No. Nope. And, and Movember. Like I said, it's mustache <laughs> November. <laughs> no shave November. <laughs> November. <laughs> and then there's there's hunting too, but that's we, we don't really um, yeah. have it. I mean, hunting season is exciting for hunters. I know that much. I know yep. people. I know personally people who really, they're ready to go, and that's cool, but I haven't done that, so that's not on my list. Um, yeah. There you go. That nice. is all the autumn things that get you ready for fall and excited. That's great. So I actually will, uh, um, <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been w- working on. Um, and so it's perfect because I'm going to be doing a project this week, which I'm prepping for that's fall based. Um, this week, I, if you guys watched the live stream I put out, I, uh, t- took them out, took apart my brick forge and, uh, took, put all the, uh, furnace cement in between so i re-insulated it and put it back together um so i worked on that uh i need i there's this my dad has a a good friend who i've done some projects for in the past i need to work on a sheath for him so that's in the works um and then this sunday or the saturday i have a uh, another race another sailboat race on our boat gun we have the harbor cup which is goes from the outside of the baltimore um inner harbor and sails all the way down through the harbor into the bottom so we have that on saturday and then uh on sunday i'm going to be doing a live stream building our uh building some wooden uh sides um kind of rustic looking wooden sides for the back of my pickup truck uh because i want to we want to do a hay ride for um our my daughter and our friends who are going to do our uh our, our kind of Halloween trick or treating party thing that we're doing because our kids aren't going to be trick or treating this year, so we're going to do a Halloween party, right. and part of that's going to be a hay ride. So I was thinking it'd be a, fun to do a hay ride in the back of my pickup truck, um, but I wanted some type of you know security. I needed something on the sides to make them feel safe when we're driving around, you know, with hay bales and stuff. So you know, once you I'll get be, on the highway there, it's really exciting. So you need to have the <laughs> sides up. <laughs> we're gonna hit seventy, kids. <laughs> Hold on. Here's your hay goggles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I was going to build some sides out of some, you know, some scrap pallet wood and then some scrap barn wood for the, for the horizontals or whatever. And I'll attach everything together. So if you're interested, definitely check that out. Um, that'll be, uh, on Sunday, this Sunday, which is the 18th, October 18th, um, uh, probably around 10 30 or 11 o'clock in the morning. So yeah, two days after this comes out. Yep. So that will be fun. Nice. Yeah. Um, same well not same thing i we were actually shooting i was helping shoot uh some video for a commercial for uh farmer stands produce yeah up uh in carroll uh, it's baltimore county or carroll county i don't know in uh in maryland in uh, In maryland (laughs) we're doing but that was fun you know we did all the we wanted a fall version of his commercial that we had done earlier for him um I guess maybe that's what got me in the fall spirit today. And uh, we got to go in the goat pen, <laughs> nice. get all these shots of them, and go in the bird uh, area with the ducks and turkeys. And, well, I was having a blast. I sent my uh, uh, my, my good buddy, Guy. He, he he wants to be the goat guy one day on YouTube. Yeah, the goat guy. But I sent him fo- footage of the goats and stuff in the morning. He's like, What? He's like, you didn't invite you call yourself a friend. He was so, and then and then we had some barbecue right after. He was really bitter. But I, I Goats and barbecue? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, He's like, I could, well, be, a, I, I could we, be a grip. <laughs> we, we we had a blast shooting it, and we did it. And uh, 
it was fun. Um, was uh, was Farmer Stan's daughter there again? Yeah, yeah, she's there. All right, nice. Um, yeah, you need you need the pretty face for the for yeah. the commercial. Of course, <laughs> Farmer Stan knows. He's like, come here, just smile. He's smile, like, you sure you don't want to say anything? She's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> but you want to dress a little bit you're a little overdressed you know, take, take a <laughs> no <laughs> they're uh no they're really cool um nice and uh dad always uh, gets some free stuff for us oh, yeah, well that's good and but stan's always like here take some of this take some of that so i came over with like uh some tomatoes and some of his kettle corn that he makes and all types nice. of stuff so we, we had a good time um that and finally got done the the sword video, you guys can see that now yeah. on, a, on, a, on the Art of Craftsmanship <laughs> YouTube video. That super long beast, but happy it's yeah. done. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's doing it's doing okay. It's not not doing great, but you know <laughs> it's doing okay. It's so it's so. Uh, I don't know. As a content creator, it's it's you, you like put so much time and effort into something and you put it out in the world and then you can't help but just watch the analytics and see how it's doing and how many people are watching. Shouldn't we have like, more? Yeah, but it's always like a, we're lucky enough now though that no matter what it is, you'll you'll get a couple, at least a couple thousand views. Yeah. And right. that's, I mean, it, compared to other stuff, maybe it's not great, but it's it's just nice that some people have seen it and liked it. Right. Um, I also yeah. gauge a little bit how many people actually comment and, and like actually put the thumbs up. I mean, we always right. ask it, but you can tell how many people actually really liked the um, the subject. Right. From what it yeah. is. If it's a, if it's a subject that maybe wasn't great, we'll see it. You know, it's like uh, 20, 30 comments and yeah, a couple right. hundred thumbs up, but not that much. But this one's... Yeah, it's it is what it is, and the good yeah. thing about YouTube sometimes the videos later on a year later blow up, and you don't know why. Right, exactly. But yeah. but well, we're definitely proud of it, and it was it's cool. It's it's a cool transformation that we, yeah, we Dustin turned the the machete into the sword, and it'll it'll be great. Also, when uh, Alex from Outdoors Fifty Five gets his done, and we can mm-hmm. continue and do another video on that, that that'll be nice and. Yeah, connect with him, up. and I, I really want to see what he did. Yeah, for yeah, sure. and he's still he's still killing it, man. It, was, it wasn't all that long ago that he hit like a hundred thousand subscribers, and then he had one hundred fifty thousand subscribers. And I'd say for the last six months or so, I mean, his he's he's been pretty devastated by COVID. He's you know trying to uh, redo and sell his house. Um, his I think his you know different job situations yeah, yeah there's just went. work stuff and yeah. and um and you know and all of that he's he's really had to focus on his knife making and his making his drops and all that you know that type of business type side of it and mm-hmm. uh so he hasn't put out a ton of videos but he's still killing it i mean he's still getting the subscribers he's still people are still watching and liking so we're hoping that us putting out this video will kind of give him a little jump start maybe get him back <laughs> into the swing of things we'll see you know obviously life is life he's got to do what he's got to do he's got responsibilities as a husband and a father yeah he obviously um, yeah. Uh, i think he wants to get back to it too just as much yeah. as anyone but he it takes a lot of time um yeah it does so you can't yeah. you can't always be over there doing it, um, right? And yeah, hopefully we'll have him on. I think we should have him on right after he puts his out, or we do the oh, yeah. and we do our our combination one. Yep, that'd be yeah, fun. That'd be we could talk about both videos and do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so today I guess we'll talk a little bit about some different, I guess, big questions that people leave for us in the yeah. comments. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're thinking about what we we're going to do today, and <clears throat> and this kind of has been an idea 
um, for a while about just kind of like a DIY or like an F, uh, FAQ, FAQ, you know, right. Yeah. Something where like things that people ask a lot. Um, and, and we talk about this through when we're, you know, when we're doing one of the podcasts about a specific video, we'll, we'll talk about the specific questions that are asked a lot, but, um, but there are, there are definitely ones that always pop into my head when we're thinking about what's been asked a lot or all the time on our channel and what's continually asked. So that's the great, one of the other great things about YouTube is that the content curate is, it's just sitting there being watched all the time. So it's always bringing in views and it's always there as, you know, a backlog of information for people to use. So mm. I get comments all the time on old videos. The funny ones are ones where people are like, Oh, why would you do it this way? Or, you know, why are you using this tool? So it's such like a, you know, beginner tool to use, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, it's a video from two or three years ago. I'm like, have you watched my newer videos recently? And I get different tools and try different things and, you know, I use what I have. So, right. But, but yeah, it's fun to kind of look back and think about those big, um, frequently asked questions. And then we just thought it'd be fun to kind of go through some of them and answer some of those questions on yeah. the podcast. Um, so I'll start, um, I want to kind of start with knife making because that's kind of what really has, I think, boosted our channel a lot. Most of our big videos that have um, a lot of our, our knife making videos have a lot of views on them. Um, and I think that's because YouTube loves knife making videos right now, which is great because I love making knives. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Some of the... Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're... But actually, I think our top videos aren't all... They're, they're a mix. Our they top are, videos, yeah. it's... Our top five is an axe, then a bow, then a knife, then a fire pit, then another knife. So <laughs> there you go. I guess right. yes, the, the two out of five are knives. <laughs> All right, the average, <laughs> and then and then there's a sheath and an axe and more knives as you go down. So right, but, but so yeah. it's a good mix. Right, yeah. I mean, our, yeah, our 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 video that has over a million views, which is the bushcraft axe video. Obviously, that's not a knife, but it is, you know, sharp things and outdoor things, which we like, and I think people like, yeah. um, so <clears throat> for our first video, which was the file knife video, which we've talked about, um, a lot of people ask about nickels and files, um, or ask to ask about files in general, like what's, what's a good file to use for, um, for a, a knife. And so I want to answer that, you know, I usually, I try to look for Nicholson files because I've read and done research and this is not a be all and end all information, but you know, that m almost all Nichol Nicholson files are made out of 1095. So I know that if I'm using something that is a known steel, then I know how to heat treat it. Mm. Um, and 1095 is a, you know, a high carbon steel. So I usually use, I try to find Nicholson files, but I've used Simmons, I've used black diamond files. Um, Heller files and Bellata files. Those are all different types of files that you could use. A lot of people ask that, like what are different files? So, um, but I like, you know, if you're looking for old files, then, uh, you know, yard sales and things look for Nicholson if you can find them, cause they're going to be pretty much a standard file. Um, but I guess, I guess if you find an old file that's still in good shape, it's probably a good sign anyway. Right. Yeah. It, it hasn't right. been worn down by whatever. I mean, and that's it might, good too. It, it mean, might be a little rusty, but you can you can clean that up easy. Yeah, and you can also check it. That's another thing that a lot of people have asked or have commented on. Like, how do you know, um, you know, what your files are, or what your steel is, if it's mystery steel? <clears throat> My suggestion would be to actually like check it for hardness. So, mm. uh, heat it up to you know, bright red, and quench it in 
oil, I would say try oil first, see if it hardens. If it hardens in kind of an oil, you can use a standard canola oil or you can use old engine oil if you want to. It's not great for it, but, you know, you could use uh, um, Parks 50, which is an actual quent, you know, a quick quenching oil for knife making. Um, you know, so heat it up to red hot and quench it and then see if it uh, if you can take another file and you can scratch it. If you can scratch it with a file, then it hasn't hardened or at least it hasn't hardened past the other files hardness. If, uh, if it skates a file, which we call skating a file, which means the file just doesn't scratch the surface, it just slides over the top, then it's hardened. Um, and files are hardened to a, a pretty hard, you know, they're, they're pretty hard, but they're not as hard as they would be if you actually did a quench. So pretty much most of the time, if you, if you try an oil quench or a water quench for a red-hot file or a red-hot piece of steel, you can find out if it's hardened or, hardenable or not. Um, and that, that is kind of a fail safe way to check. Um, so I would, my suggestion would be that if you want to make a knife out of a file, you know, try heating it up and quenching it and, uh, and then testing it out, see if it skates another file. And if it does, then you're good to go. And then you can always heat it up again and let it cool down slowly to anneal it and then start doing your work on it. Yeah. Um, Throwing it back real quick to the the night the sword video, when mm-hmm. you annealed the pommel, I forget. It was a little. Was it better or how tricky was that after? Because uh, you drilled through it pretty quick. Yep. But then I remember getting that center bit out was a, a real pain. Um, I think it took about an hour, and that's something actually I left out in the video just because uh, right. it had already gone so long. Right, and I didn't have. I wasn't going to give it another three, four, five minutes of you dremeling yeah. out that center bit because it's right. kind of it's self-explained. Okay, you, you hit it with a Dremel. You use a few different Dremel pieces. Yep. yep, and then it's clean. But that actually took quite a while. Right, and I, I you you <clears throat> did try to anneal that and let it cool down slowly. Yeah, um, I guess it what? worked. It absolutely worked. Yeah. yeah. So I I heated up in the forge to you know red hot. Um, and then closed the forge doors and turned off, you know, turned the gas down some so it would cool down slowly and let it anneal. Uh, I mean, that was a a tool, a piece of tool steel. It was a bolt. So if I hadn't have done that, it would have been a lot harder, right, to drill through. When I after I annealed it, those first two holes went through really easily, mm-hmm. and I was using a standard, you know, a standard metal slash wood bit. It wasn't like I was using a carbide tip bit. So it definitely annealed it. It definitely did what it needed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think anytime you're working on, uh, you know, kind of hogging out an area between those drill, the drill holes to be able to give yourself a slot, that's tricky, especially through steel. So right. without having, without being able to drill another hole and, you know, we were going through a, the pommel was maybe an inch and a quarter high. So it's a long way to go through. Yeah. Usually people are going through, uh, yeah, you might have a pommel or you might have a bolster that's a quarter inch or something. So you're going right. to have to go through a little bit, but we're going through a long way. So it did take a while, but I, I think it annealed really well. Another thing you have to kind of worry about too is if you're drilling out holes and um, you're starting to heat it up or you're it's, it's not going through, uh, as soon as you start putting a lot of pressure on that drill bit, you can work, or, work hard in that steel. So it actually is like getting hot and cooling down. It'll actually get harder and harder. So uh, right, um, that's right. all. That could have been something that took some time. You know, we made it. The more we were working on it, and getting getting it heated up and all, it could have been yeah. work hardening that. 
Okay, all right. I won't. I won't side. I won't sidetrack you with any more of my regular questions. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There was uh, um, one of the things you also have to think about for file knives is uh, high carbon. Um, so file knives are. Mo- I mean, files are usually made out of some type of high carbon steel that can be hardened, um, but there's you know, through hardening where they harden an entire piece of steel and then there's case hardening. So case hardening is a newer technique that's used for a lot of files where only the outside of the steel is hardened. Uh, And that is perfectly fine and acceptable for a file because you only need the teeth to be hardened. But if you're going to use a knife, if you're going to use it to make a knife, then I've heard that case hardened steels aren't great. Now, one of the things that I thought about and I don't know the answer to is that if a piece of metal can be case hardened on the outside, then then it should also be able to be annealed, so softened, and then hardened completely. You know, the process of case hardening is just heating up the outside really quickly and quenching it, and that can be done with, you know, new technology and all, but not necessarily. I don't know if that can be done with a with a forge and. Um, or, you know, a map gas torch or something like that. I don't know if those can be done that way. So I don't really know. I, I, I kind of thought about that as I was writing down these questions. Like, well, if it's if it's hardened on the outside, can't it be hardened on the inside? Unless the specific steel is made with a softer core and then like a, a jacketed steel, which is when you have two different types of steels, one on the inside and one on the outside that's mm. hardenable. That way you can actually harden the outside, but the inside doesn't have to get hard, which is what, samurai swords and things are made of you know those are made with different types of steels combined together softer steels on the inside and harder steels on the outside or on the edge where you need that so the softer steels are there for toughness so you don't have something that will snap snap because it's hard and then the hard steel is there to be able to hold an edge for edge retention there you go so yeah so if you can look for older, most older files, and by older, I think something that was made maybe, you know, 70s or so or before, they're going to be fully hardened uh, pieces of steel. Or earlier ones like 80s and 90s and more recent ones are going to be, uh, a lot of them are case hardened. Mm. But I think, and like I said, this is all based off the research I've done online, that even new Nicholson files are made out of 1095. And so if it's 1095, even if it's case hardened 1095, that means that it's 1095 all the way through and then you can anneal it and then harden it completely through. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people ask about handle material. So what type of wood I use in a lot of the videos I'm just using, uh, just standard woods, um, hardwoods. I've used a lot of curly maple, um, and walnut just because I like the look of it. Uh, Really, the the most ideal thing for any type of um, camping or bushcraft knife would be uh, a, a stabilized piece of wood or an exotic wood that's like an oily or an oily or wood, uh, like an African black wood or bubinga or um, cocobolo. Mm. There's a bunch of different things that uh, that could you know that could be better for um, for handles, uh, and I. You know, you can also use synthetic materials like G10 or micarta. There's a bunch of different stuff as well as stabilized wood, you know. So you can use any types of woods if you can get it professionally stabilized or stabilize it yourself, which I will be working toward and thinking about how I can make a stabilizing machine for the shop. So we'll probably do a video on that. 
Yeah. Uh, then you're you're taking that wood and you're taking all, out all the air and you're replacing it with uh, with a resin. Then basically filled that filled the entire wood with resin surrounding all the wood fibers and you've basically made it relatively waterproof. Yeah, so that's a good. I feel like uh, you can kind of pick any wood you like, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you could. They, that some are better or, or uh, more resilient, I guess. But right. I mean, how many knives have you seen where the the wood is like falling off and like terrible? Not that many. It, it right. Pretty much, you're you're going to be fine with whatever you like, whatever yeah. looks best to you. I mean, stabilized. Those things are great for durability, I guess. But I would say just what you what you like, what yeah. looks nice. Yeah, exactly. And and it's all. <clears throat> I mean, if, the difference is what what your purpose is. So if you're making a knife for yourself. Make it whatever out of whatever you want. It's your own knife. Or if you're giving away to a friend or something, if 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 you're selling it to a client and you're and you're saying that it's going to be used in a certain way and it'll be durable to be used in a certain way, then you need to make sure you are giving them a quality piece of material. Right. So yeah. Especially if, if you're charging a bunch and you're, you're yeah. Of course, you're going to study and figure out and pick the best type right. of wood. But um. Yeah. I feel like a crappier wood will last 50 years and a better yeah. one will last like 200. So maybe their grandson will be pissed that you made them a poor knife. <laughs> <laughs> what shoddy craftsman made this? But they'll probably yeah, be right. long gone before that handle. Uh... Right. And if you're, you know, you're taking care of your knife and, you know, especially with yeah. with woods that are not oily or exotic woods, you can, you oil them regularly, you clean them up, you keep them, you know, rust free and you're good to go. Yeah. And uh, you know, I guess the knives are one of those things that you might pass down the line. So you want, you want some quality, yeah, right. Um, moving on, we get into kind of the axe making theme. Some of the questions that I get for axe making is uh, where where do you uh, find axes? So a lot of the axes that I find as as someone who collects axes, all of my axes have been found either through yard sales, uh, through flea markets, indoor and outdoor flea markets, uh, and facebook marketplace or craigslist where i can buy them cheap half i would say 90 percent of the fun of of collecting axes for me is the hunt is finding a cool axe and then bringing it back to life and restoring it Um, i'm not super interested in collecting big name axes for a lot of money so i don't usually go to ebay uh, but there are tons of axes on ebay as well so you could find them and you can find good deals on ebay too so um, but really that's where i find axes um yeah. Another question and, and, a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, right. It's um, any flea market or yard sale. There's always a tool section, right? Yeah. There's always a... Yeah. So, and, and there's almost always, I feel like, like an axe or a hatchet or something. Right. That, uh, that needs some love. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, <clears throat> that's one of the great things about yard sales and flea markets and the tool sections is that most of the stuff that's there something that someone's grandfather had or they got from a shop or, you know, it's just something that they're not going to use. It's not in their, the front of their mind to use it. So they're willing to part with it for a lot less than you would if, if you buy it from someone who will use it and may or may not know the value quote air quotes value of it. Right. Um, so one of the, one of the big ones that I've loved since I started looking at axes, the black Raven, which is a Kelly works true Templar X. And it just has a cool, um, stamp on the side that has a, a Raven on it. And it says black Raven. That's one of the, 
one of the kind of the holy grails of finding uh, things what we you know, in the wild um, where you find at a yard sale or someone's house or something like that. So or always that's the always hope. <laughs> it's always the hope if I pass by a yard sale, I'm always, that, that yard sale could have the Black Raven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it could have some <laughs> really nice axe that is going to be really nice to use. And if I drive by it, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> so I say yeah. to my wife, that the, the, the black Raven could be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, uh, it is really cool looking. I, I've seen it a bunch. Of, I actually saw a video recently uh, that had it and he did black everything. Oh, yeah, so nice. it was like a dark black handle and a, yeah. a, 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 a mask for it. And it was really cool looking. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that was my, my record version of that oh, was yeah. Um, yeah. traveling Wilburys their first album, which is um, a super group with uh, Rory Orbison, George Harrison, Tom Petty, um, a bunch of other guys. Uh, uh, what's his name from ELO? Um, Jeff Lynn. Right. So super, super group. Um, oh, Bob Dylan. You know, yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <him> too. <laughs> and their record came out in like the late 80s. So that's when everyone, so those are always the hardest to find, early 90s, late 80s, because they were winding down with records, switching over to tape and then CD. And I was always, maybe maybe we'll find the Traveling Wilburys there. (laughs) I did find it. Now I need to find find volume two, (laughs) which is (laughs) even more rare, because that was like in the 90s. Nice. Where'd you find that? Uh, tr- wax on track, tracks on wax, tracks on it's, wax. Okay. It's a record store in Ellicott City. I found. I nice. think I found that there. And now, <laughs> um, this is a little embarrassing. My next record, I can't find a good greatest hits Dolly Parton album. <laughs> nice. There's a okay. few songs like uh, Nine to Five and Jolene, such mm-hmm. good Jolene. classic country, awesome. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's really good, and but. I don't want to wade through all her stuff because I'm not like a Dolly Parton fan. Right. But I want those hits. I think they're awesome. So I'm looking for that vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest hits of Dolly Parton, which is weird, but <laughs> that's kind of what I've been looking for. Yeah, that's and, – and again, that goes back to I think the uh, – the, you know, it's it's about the hunt. Because I'm sure you could right. go online. You could buy it for a couple yeah. hundred bucks. Right. You know, but that's not the point, right? The point is that you want to have that story about you know shifting through the records to find that one and you pull right. it there it is right i'm sure you were pumped when you found the traveling wilbur oh, yeah yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> finally got it you know <laughs> my wife for some reason she called it cuz she couldn't remember the name so she just called it the traveling dingleberries <laughs> did you find your dingleberries album <laughs> no get away from me <laughs> you should stop it dingleberries go, go find your joan jet records we have like 5 of those now She's she's a big Joan Jett fan, so she always found those. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, A lot of people ask about, for axes, uh, what type of wood I use. Uh, Almost everything I use is hickory. I do have a few videos where I use ash. So hickory and ash, there are a bunch. You can use plenty of different types of woods, but um, really what we can find and what's the best, uh, I would say, on the East Coast and and kind of worldwide is hickory. Um. Uh, a lot of people asked on the axe mod video or commented about the fact that I was cutting the bit and ruining the temper. And just as a, you know, response to that is that I, I know about heat treating, so I'm, I'm aware of that. And I was really cautious anytime I was cutting the bit on those axes to make sure that I was, uh, not overheating it. 
Um, and there is a really easy way to see that. So when you heat up steel, it turns, uh, you know, it turns colors. So it starts to go through these different color temperatures and those colors show you what temperature they are. If they get, if it gets up to a reddish and it starts going into purple and then starts going into blue, then you're, the, the steel is, uh, softened again. So when I'm, when I'm heat treat, when I'm cutting those edges and cutting up the steel, I just, I make a, you know, shortcut and then I cool it, shortcut and cool it, shortcut and cool it and keep going. That way I, I know yeah. that I don't, uh, overheat that edge. Right. And closer to that edge, you're even more careful. And yeah, I know that I know when you're cutting at the temperature goes up and drops quickly, but Dustin is constantly grabbing it with his hand feeling yeah it. right if he gets burned then it but if it's not burning him it's not very hot even though it change, right. it cools down quickly i know that but dustin's constantly handling it putting it in the water yeah like you don't have special gloves you grab it drop it in the water or wrap the front with the um with a rag with water so you're constantly right. handling it if it was ever too hot to handle then you okay this is a bit much that's really hot i gotta be careful right. here right right yeah yeah definitely and same thing with <clears throat> with uh you know, shaping and grinding knives after you do heat treat and you're still doing that final shaping. I like to have my hands, no gloves. That way I can feel it. If it starts to get warm in my hands, I just quench it. You know, I just cool it back down because I'm going to start noticing it at what, like a hundred degrees or 125, 130 degrees, which is way below the temper range, which is around 400, which is what I usually go for. <laughs> right. So I'm right. not going to be holding your hand touches my hands, hands 400, 400 degrees. Right. <laughs> so as soon as I start feeling it warm at all, I quench them. Right. Um, let's see. Let's see. So I have a few different categories. Um, and I, I'll kind of go through some of these quickly, uh, cause I don't want to bore everybody, but we do want to answer some of these questions. Um, for, for leather, a lot of people ask about what weight leather I use. And, uh, I usually use for sheath making uh, seven to eight ounce leather. So leather is, uh, it's when you buy leather, you buy it in, uh, in ounces and it always has a range. So it's always one or two. It's either like six or seven or seven or eight or nine or 10. So seven to eight ounce leather is what I buy for, uh, for knife making. I've used nine, 10 ounce leather. It's pretty thick, but it's worked. Um, the, I, a lot of people ask where I get my supplies. I buy my supplies from Tandy leather factory. I, I like, um, that there's a, well, one of the reasons why is there's an actual brick and mortar Tandy store here in Baltimore that I can go to and I can pick out leather. Uh, what I use leather for is normally sheaths, either axe, axe masks or knife sheaths. And for that purpose, it doesn't need to be perfect leather. And I actually really like leather that has some, uh, you know, some history of what happened, you know, some wrinkles in it or some pattern to it. It makes some, a really nice looking sheath. Yeah. Bellish so, or stretch it, marks or yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'll actually buy the cheaper pieces, the, the, um, bellies or the sides, things that might be, you know, cheaper and might have some imperfections, but I can look through it and I can say, okay, I could get five or six or seven sheaths out of this and it might cost me $40 or $50. So, you know, I, I like Tandy because I can go to it. There's all sorts of lots of, there's lots of good leather dealers online that will get you for the price, really good leather. Um, so you can always search that way too. But I like, I like Tandy people, a lot of people ask about what I would recommend for beginner leather workers and they have really good sets, uh, of different levels of leather working. So you can buy their intro set 
it'll come with some of the tools like the uh, edge it might come with an edge beveler and a groove marker and a uh, <clears throat> a burnisher and some you know needles and thread and some pieces of leather uh, so different sets you can get. So for about $40, $45, you can get a nice set that'll get you started. So, and your leather fork out. is free. From <laughs> yeah, your right. house. Use your leather, use your fork to mark out those spaces in your leather. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, oh, one of the things that a lot of people ask that I want to talk about is, uh, for my, the, the um, woodlore clone that I made, the bushcraft knife. A lot of people ask where I got that template how did i get the template for that knife and i stole the shape of the knife from a picture online i just looked up the woodlore knife i went through a whole bunch of pictures on google and i found one that was just a profile you know directly from the side and i uh copied that image put it into photoshop i sized it out so it was exactly the right size i wanted i knew that you know from the specs that it had to be a certain dimension you know the blade was this long the handle was this long and uh and i just printed it out to scale and that's how i got it um and i also made uh one of my first axe handles i made was uh you know one from scratch was one that was based off of the grands forest brooks small forest axe handle and i did the exact same thing i took an image from online. I took it into Photoshop. I scaled it to the right size and I printed out, I tiled it. So when you print out images on, uh, on Photoshop, if you want to print it to scale and it's bigger than your eight and a half by 11 or whatever the size of paper you are printing, you can print, you can set it to tile and it'll print out, uh, a bunch of pieces of paper to make that. And then I just taped them together and traced it and cut it out. And there you go. So if you're, if you want to try to mo- uh, mimic or, uh, get someone else's design, just look for it online and print it out. You can print it out to scale. You can print it out whatever size you want. Um, Simple. Yeah. Let's see. A couple more things. Um, for bow making, uh, I often get asked uh, where to get bow wood or where I get my bow wood. Uh, the Osage Orange that I got in the bow making videos is all from a place that was local to me or local to my in-laws in Virginia. So I actually had a resource of actual Osage trees. So I got all my own wood, split them down, um, you know, pieced them out and then treated the ends and put them away to dry. So I have a source of that. There are a lot of sources online um, for buying bow staves, uh, just raw wood for bow making if you're doing wooden bows. Um, but also I would recommend if you want to get into bow making and you want to take a class, look online and look in your area, there might be a bow maker or there might be something like what, what we did, which was find a park, you know, a, a state park that was offering these traditional skills. Um, and I've seen other people do the same type of thing. So I think that that's something that, uh, that parks are, are pushing in different areas around the country. So, Look up your local park system, state parks or county parks or government parks, depending on where you are in the world, and see if they're offering different classes and different types of primitive technology. And you could do some bow making that way. Yeah, that's a tricky thing, figuring out how to get started with that, because yeah. it's it's not a, um, a quick thing where you can go run off to Home Depot or right. your hardware store or craft store and pick up the stuff you need, because... Even if you do have the wood nearby and you cut it down and you do all the work, then it takes what, six months or whatever to dry, and it's not a fast process. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, <clears throat> like, for our class, it was 40 bucks, and they, he gave us a stave and taught us everything. Um, yeah. 
I mean, what a steal because you go online, everything's staves are like a hundred bucks, hundred fifty yeah, bucks, two hundred bucks. It's a little crazy. <laughs> I mean, that might be a good way to get started, just to see. Yep. Go buy a stave if you can't have anything in your area, you know, on online eBay and. But they, it's tricky because they're expensive and they're expensive to ship too. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. It could definitely, you know, it's it's nice to have a resource if you if you know wood and you have the ability to harvest some of your own wood. It's you know, it's nice to try to do that. If you you know, if you have some hickory in your area, or if you have some on your property, or you have, I mean, you can make it out of oak. You can make um, you can make out of cedar. There's a bunch of different woods you can do. Just do a little research and look around. But the nice thing about going to a park or going to somewhere that you you might you might have to pay hundred bucks or something, but then you would get a direct help of doing it and you'd probably get the supplies and that they'd have the tools and things to get you started. So right. look around. Yeah. See where you can take a class. And, and nice thing again, also about parks and rec places. A lot of the things that they offer are super cheap comparatively, especially if you are part of uh, the park system or if you're a member, you know, you might pay a membership for $20 or something for a year for a family. And then you get, half off on all their classes and things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're right. It's all, uh, you know, government funded anyway. So they're not going to charge you face value or retail value that some shop near you might, but even those guys, even the good old boys who teach maybe classes, they're not that expensive for, right. for what you're gaining. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like live YouTube. <laughs> They'll stand right in front of you and teach you what you want to know. And then you can, talk to them as if this magical comment section was there right in front of you <laughs> try yeah trolls try saying something shitty to someone right in front of you and see what happens <laughs> he will shoot you with his really good working bow yeah right how does um, 50 pounds sound like feel like through your arm <laughs> works good enough so i have uh i have two more um comments to go through before we move into our recommendations. Uh, the first uh, is more of a, I've had a couple of people comment and question about this, but it's more of a tip. If you are interested in uh, purchasing and shooting a bow, um, when you're looking at uh, a bow online or whatever, if you're looking at a bow in a store and it gives you the information about the length and the draw weight, the draw weight will be, uh, a standardized way to tell someone how the draw weight, which is how hard it is to pull back the bow, how many pounds of pressure you have to put in, you have to pull it back on. If you're buying a long bow, then it'll be marked as um, a certain amount of pounds per 28 inches. So a standardized inch is 28 inches. Now, not everyone has a 28 inch draw length because it's how far you pull it back. I'm a pretty big guy and I have long arms. So my draw length is actually closer to about 30 or 31 inches. So, if you're looking at a bow and you see it says something like 45 pounds at 28 inches, if your draw length is a little longer and you want to know mm. what the weight is, uh, then for every um, every inch that you go past that draw length, you add two and a half pounds. So for something where it's 45 pounds at 28 inches, for me, that would be a 50-pound draw bow because I'm pulling it back to 30 inches. So I'm adding that extra two and a half pounds per inch. So. Some men are longer than others. Yes, some men are longer than others. Mother's been telling stories about me again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just so, to, just just some information. If you if you are a tall guy with long arms and you're looking at a draw weight, think about that. How far you're going to pull that bow back and how many more uh, pounds per inch it is per 
past that 28 inches. Bring your calculator. That's right. Two and a half per inch. It's not, not a hard thing. <laughs> For two inches, that's five pounds. Four inches. Go is purchase 10. your local, uh, uh, go to your local staples, get your Texas instrument, 83. And, uh, <laughs> TI 84. TI 84. Get to work. <laughs> I, uh, on my SATs, I was the only person who didn't have a fancy calculator. I just literally grabbed the one off our desk and went, like, look, oh, I geez. know the math section isn't going to go well. So let's not even try. <laughs> I'm just going to bring a simple old calculator and uh, let's go for it. Let's hope these essays pull everything else up. <laughs> Addition, subtraction, division, and multiplication. That's all I need. <laughs> You're right. Who needs cosine, sine, pi? <laughs> nah. Anything more than that, you're going to have a blank space. Yeah, exactly. Is there an IDK section? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, IDC. Uh, I um, actually, I, real quick, I yeah. took my SATs at an all-girls private. Oh, yeah. Uh, so did private, I. Private school. Really? Which one? Mm-hmm. Or do you? Oldfields. Me too. Yep. That's because I guess we were both in the Westminster area. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, and why I, we t- I waited so long cause... that they didn't have any left in my um, local school. Uh-huh. So I was the only <laughs> boy in an all-girls private school. It was yeah. So cool. <laughs> Not was, distracting at all. No. <laughs> no. Look at this weird kid with a normal calculator. <laughs> Here comes the boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at him. He's got this. He must be from city schools. Yeah. Look right, at him. Exactly. Poor guy. <laughs> it must be rough. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. Yep. And nice. I, when I took it, I mean, I had my license at the time so I actually drove up you know into their parking lot yeah, me too. got out felt real cool like yeah really I, I remember walking and there was a huge group of girls and I was like hey which way to the because uh, it was some hall you had to assemble right. and they were like come with us <laughs> I just joined the crew it was it was delightful. they led me to the <laughs> the dorms an hour later I came to the next session of the SATs <laughs> an hour later I said I don't need to take the SATs I'm a man now <laughs> Right, I don't, exactly. need, I don't need schooling. I've, I've learned test. all I need to learn. <laughs> oh, man. No, that didn't happen. I just took the SATs and did poorly. That's my story. <laughs> oh, and then that's why you go to film school, kids. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my last uh, bit of advice, my last frequently asked question is actually one that came from our fire pit video. And I want to end it on this one because... This was asked so many times that I actually had to, uh, I came up with a standardized statement and answer and I changed the description of the actual video because this was asked so many times and commented on so many times, which was why did we put the handle right in the middle of the top of the cover? So if you watched the, uh, the fire pit video, we have made a fire pit out of an old oil drum, um, and I cut it in half, and the bottom half is used as the main base of the fire pit. And then the top, we cut apart and put a bunch of screen into to act as the screen that you'd put on top of the fire pit, you know, after it's burned for a while, or if it's burning down, or you just want to cover it up so it's safe. Now, all fire pits have, not all fire pits, but when you, when you buy a fire pit from a store, it'll have a cover. It'll have a screen on top to be able to protect it a little bit. Um, and they all have metal handles right in the middle of the top because that's where you pick it up and move it off with some type of thing, some stick, some metal hook. Sometimes they'll give you a metal hook with it. Um, 
and it's there and it's metal because you wouldn't want to put wood at the top in the middle of your screen or the cover for your uh, for your fire pit. A lot of people ask, why would you have made a handle right in the middle? Like, that thing won't work very well as a grill at all. (laughs) It's not a grill. It's a fire pit. (laughs) It's designed to hold a fire in. And 99% of the time that I have a fire in that fire pit, that top is not going to be on it. (laughs) Yeah. And the grill, I mean, people who have a fire, that goes on at the end when you're pretty much done with it. Yeah. When it's winding down. Or maybe if things get crazy and super windy, you throw it on top just so... Yeah, uh, ember, embers aren't flying everywhere, but it's at the end when you're done, so you're not really touching it until it's cooled down anyway. Right? Um, yeah. Take the fire pit it, as it's cooling down. You put the put the screen I, on top, I, and it's burning low enough. Will, so it doesn't matter. I will say the way we shot it could have led uh, to yeah. some confusion because the shots at the end, Dustin's kind of standing by it like you would a fire pit with the right. with the top on it, and that's just. So we could get shots of the whole thing, right? Because it's um, all something we built, right? Exactly. Right. We, we wanted to see the, the whole and thing. It, and it kind of looked cool with yeah. the flames coming up through the whole. You know, it, yeah. But we so that probably led to confusion. Like, oh, if they're going to use it this way, wouldn't that handle get really hot? And yeah, but yeah. it's the same thing with like a wood stove. You right. Know, there's a metal handle exactly. usually on a wood stove, and you need something it's, to <laughs> even just to grab that and open it. Yeah, it's an open flame on steel. Like I, I. I would be sad for the person who's going to grab anything at the top of an open flame on steel without, you know, some type of hand or right. glove or I something. I said it before. Yeah. You don't grab a fire pit when there's a fire in it. Like yeah, ever. Exactly. you don't touch any of the metal. You don't t- yeah. touch, you're not going to touch, touch a, a grill. It's going. You know? yeah, or- <laughs> exactly. If there's a handle, it's off to the side on a grill because it's designed to be open and closed when it's hot. Right. The fire pit is, you know, it has a metal handle on top because they know you got to pick it up with something that's not your hand. And the whole, you want the entire lid to be able to balance on that point, which is why yeah, they put the handle and, on top. And the, you know, I mean, you could, maybe if it was a round one, maybe you could put them on the sides, but yeah, uh, the, the fire pit's pretty long anyway. So you're not going to, let's say you did have the handles on the side. Right. And you want to pick up a hot thing, so your your arms are stretched out for right. four and a half, yeah. five feet four wide, feet, right? Yeah. You're trying to yeah. grab it, so then your wrists and arms will probably more likely get burned <laughs> than anything else if you're trying to grab both sides at once and uh, like have this. No, you know, you have a stick for that, uh. right? Yeah, I use a stick. Or I have a, you know, again, like a metal handle, a thing that has a metal, you know, long handle on it, and I can pick it up and move stuff off. Right. Hey, man. Yeah, like I said, I just, within the first couple of weeks, there were so many people that kept commenting the same thing. I was like, all right. Went back in, changed the description, <laughs> and then I just, just like, my well, standardized table. Was, I forget oh, what, the description. what YouTuber said it, probably a lot of them said, I should just, I should start making mistakes on purpose because I get so many comments on it. You get so much engagement, right? I think that was us. <laughs> you should so, do that on purpose. Make some yeah, actual mistakes on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, it's just it just set the comments straight to the roof. It's great. <laughs> Making an aluminum knife. This is by far the best metal to make a knife with. <laughs> Comment below. <laughs> oh man yeah 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 i would say that we should just make a mistake and not like talk about it and just have it completely it's just a just a build-up comment no well what are you gonna do no but we yeah. will just we will fail on not on purpose folks it will <laughs> or right. in your eyes will fail not on purpose and <laughs> i was i will say i was looking and maybe we'll do this in the future looking for uh, mean comments and just do a whole podcast about mean comments. 
So if you're listening, you want us to do that. And they, they're they're funny sometimes. So <laughs> if you <laughs> leave some really mean comments, and we'll get back to you. <laughs> Maybe you'll be on our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you did your recommendation earlier, and that was again was the um, haunting of Hill House, and then the haunting of what was the second one? Bly Manor. Now it might Bly be bad. Manor. I don't know, but through two episodes, it's really good. Okay. We're gonna watch another tonight. I'll get back to you. How many how many episodes was? Haunting at Hill House. I think it's ten. Okay, nice. Or, or you know, the normal eight or ten that they do. Yeah, now, right. Usually about an hour long. It's really, gotcha. really good. Nice. I mean, so I'm just curious with, with a like with a haunting series. How do they, you know, with a movie you have an hour and a half to two hours of jump yeah. scares and things, and that's how they do it. Right. So it's just like building out obviously more character character development and. Plot. Yeah, no, that's a great thing about series is you can really get into the characters a lot more. Um, and yeah, there's just longer stories. And if it's it's this house, the first one, it was like this family thing. There was this crazy family background and slowly they reveal what was happening, mm. why things happened, who did who did what, you know, and you, yeah. you learn as it goes. Um, and this new one, you're still trying to figure out what's going on. Gotcha. And you don't know who's good, who's bad. Is, is someone dead? Like, like what's? Yeah, right. In, in the Bly Manor, they have there's these two kids that um, this girl comes over and be's, she becomes their um, their au pair or whatever you call it in England. And, yeah, um, nanny or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and so, but these kids, their parents had died, and there was another au pair that died, and we're n- you're really not sure yet who's if the kids are evil or they're like. <laughs> There, some sketchy stuff's going on, but uh, right. So it, th- I think that's how the series it it just takes long for everything to unfold. But in each in each episode, there's scary stuff going on. Nice, nice, cool. Well, my uh, my recommendation has nothing to do with fall or scariness. <laughs> my uh, my recommendation is Mountain Prevail on Instagram and also on YouTube. So Jesse Allison, who is uh, the knife maker for Mountain Prevail, Mountain Prevail is a knife making company that he started. Um, he recently reached out to us. Um, he was actually on Brian House's uh, YouTube. I'm sorry, on his uh, podcast, the Work for Podcast we had on two weeks ago or last week. Uh, Brian House, he he actually interviewed um, Jesse Allison from Mountain Prevail, uh, knife maker and YouTuber. Uh, but he he does really good work, really nice uh, bushcraft knives that he's done. You know, a, a really nice design that he's come up with and a couple of different designs. But he reached out to us a couple of weeks ago and was asking about how many knives we're going we're planning on making for the journey knife, which is our the knife that I'll be making in the you know in this fall coming up now in winter. And uh, he offered to send me some stabilized handle material, some curly maple handle material stabilized. So thank you so much, Jesse, for sending that over. I really appreciate it. If you guys don't know about Jesse's channel, definitely go check him out. Find him on Instagram at Mountain Prevail, all spelled out, Mountain Prevail, P-R-E-V-A-I-L, and then also the same name on YouTube. And he has a whole bunch of really great uh, tips and tricks on knife making. And one of the great things I like about uh, about YouTube and Instagram is that people can follow along and invest in a person. And then when you buy something from that person, you feel like you have a part of them. 
So it's yeah. not just you're not just buying something from someone's name or uh, you know recommendations from someone. You can actually see how things are made, what they do, what their shop looks like, what who their family is, what their normal day to day life is, and you get invested in that person. And then when you buy something from it, it means much more. So. Right, all, the sudden, all yeah. of a sudden the uh, price tag doesn't seem so crazy. Yeah, exactly. And it, right. And like we go on about all the time, it's when you see it made, then you're willing to pay more. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you go to Walmart and you say, hey, where's your knife section, and you see a $300 knife, you're going to yeah. go, this is insane. I, I will never <laughs> buy this. Right. But if you know the person and you see how it's made and all, yeah. the, all the time and effort that goes into it, you go, yeah, this is great. And yeah, he has awesome knives. Um, yeah, really nice stuff. And uh, nice T-shirts. Sent us some shirts. Yeah, so he sent us some shirts. Thank you so much. That was great. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, if anyone wants to send Dustin, Dustin loves free swag. I mean, we all do. <laughs> yeah, but right. he will probably wear your shirt on the channel at some time. Absolutely, so. yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he likes your stuff. I mean, <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even not, you know, send me something for free. If I don't like your stuff, I still might, still might wear it. I'm or might use it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to find out. I and send two. I want one too. The camera guy needs to needs yeah, free exactly. shirts too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesse I appreciate sent, that, Jesse. That was yeah. that was very nice. I'll have it on behind camera. No one will ever see it, but yeah, I'll sent, wear it. Sent the swag. Two extra large shirts, which you know, seeing us on camera, he chose correctly. That was perfect. <laughs> said we'd have to fight over him, but we didn't fight at all. It was like, yeah, you like this one? You like this one? Okay, great. Two shirts, one for each of us. It's perfect. Nah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that's it. I think we're good to go. Went a little longer than we wanted to, but they always end up going a little longer. Yeah. Just having fun hanging out, talking. Really appreciate everybody who's listening, um, and we would really appreciate it if you could go on to whatever your uh, platform is that you're listening to us and give us a rating, give us a review, give us some stars, whatever it is. Uh, that just helps to fuel the fire behind the podcast and get some more viewers, and you know we can hang out with more people, which Lit is what listeners. we're all about. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, listeners. Yeah. Uh, Tell yeah. a friend if you think they'll like it. If they don't, you can just listen to it in private. Yep. Have your very <laughs> own podcast. I do that too. There's some podcasts that I just listen to myself. <laughs> this, this one's just for me. Yeah. No one, right, no exactly. one else wants to hear this. But <laughs> but if you have a friend, tell them. That'd be, we, we'd love it. That'd be yeah, great. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you can find us on the Makery Network, uh, which is just an awesome network of lots of other really great uh, podcasts and makers. And you can find us on all your normal podcasting platforms. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next time. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. 
like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.